this is the part two of the house and wise of hr with amit angad and rishi we'll pick up from where we left last time with the question that angad had let's rewind back to the question and uh, and get into an engaging conversation Here's the third question. Um, how does HR try to bridge the gap between the talent pool that is available and the requirements of a specific opening? Also, is the ultimate decision to hire uh, a particular candidate uh, mm-hmm. rest with the person whose department has the requirement or uh, no, the HR can actually make or break the case in that case? so uh, just to just to give you a small uh, you know, example of such a situation um, i have been working through and through in the sales and marketing of various companies and i have seen over the years that i mean the requirements are quite different uh, than what the hr is putting through to the candidate the first thing and the second thing uh, is when the candidate is on board sometimes Uh, even if the hr is not in the favor of that candidate because of certain certain reasons the the department head will actually supersede his uh, opinion on that and often i mean uh, i have seldom seen this uh, that the hr has had a final say uh, just because he thinks that he is a good fit the candidate is a good fit and he has tried to convince the department head saying that uh, please let this candidate come in because the other candidates were not up to the mark uh, so you know we'll we'll give him good training we'll uh, no uh, expedite his learning curve uh, but he'll get there so okay this way uh, what do you think uh, how much of a how much of an influence or uh, opinion of an hr really make or break the case uh, when it comes to the requirements of a department for a certain so candidate I, so i think that's a good uh, good question so there are two uh, uh, i think uh, two things one is uh, what is the nature of the organization is it is it sensitive to um, you know does it listen to hr so there are certain organizations that are very uh, you know very sales driven mm-hmm. uh, you know the sales is the primary function so hr there is just uh, you know as a paper pusher if yeah. i make yeah just administrative yeah but there are other organizations where you know so for example companies uh, so uh, in one of my companies that i earlier worked with hr was a very very important you know a strategic partner so there were so I'll, i remember one case where we were hiring a very uh, senior uh, person and then um, and this was recommended this person was recommended by uh, uh, you know one of the cxo guys mm-hmm. so uh, his details came across and then of course we went through all the rounds of interviews and the guy was pretty good mm-hmm. uh, now as per the organization policy we said that you know before we go ahead and issue out the final offer letter we would do a background check okay we did a background check mm-hmm. and this was not an official official background check but we you know we spoke to certain people and then we realized that the, there were certain issues with that uh, candidate uh, you know if he brought that candidate in board would mm-hmm. uh, would create uh, you know were not again say there was no al- uh, there would not be an alignment between the candidate's values and the company values uh, so okay. m- our hr head he went and um, he spoke to the ceo and said this is our recommendation that if we hire him we can hire him he might be good for business but uh, but uh, we see that there will be a clash and we might have issues with him uh, uh, in later stage and it was validated through a psychometric test called thomas profiling so the thomas profiling report said that uh, these values will be against the company uh, you know values this person has certain uh, way of working which may not go with your company's style mm-hmm. hr and uh, you know the head of the organization dis- did not agree and it went up to the chairman of the uh, of the board mm-hmm. and uh, he ruled in favor of hr he said fair enough i think um, you know what these guys have presented carries a lot of value so yes again that company supported uh, you know the chairman was uh, supportive he said yes you know hr takes this one 
but there are other organizations where as uh, angad said uh, we, you know you are if you're just a, if you're just doing administrative tasks you will become a, and you will be told ki take this person on board and you don't have a choice because you are not there yet the company is not ready for it so uh, it depends on the organization what type and also the influencing skills of the you know the hr leader mm-hmm. does he have enough uh, say or does he have enough hold over the management where he can go and convince them that boss this is what i'm saying why i'm saying and i have data behind me to prove my uh, you know to prove my statement i think these two things are uh, if a person uh, or if the organization has it well uh, you know i don't see any reason why the organization will not listen to the hr representative yeah you're right uh what a couple of things i want to add angad uh, before you give a rebuttal is that uh, uh you know what do you say hr and the other departments that you're talking about in a good organization hr works collaboratively with the other department now uh, hr if they do their work uh, the right way the wrong candidate first and foremost will not see the uh, light of day to reach the organization uh, person for interview all right uh, other than mm-hmm. a fact that he's coming through a certain very influential reference where the operations has actually taken the first interview all right so so yeah, when you say collaborative way uh, how does an hr uh, in interview a person is very important you know uh, rishi talked about uh, thomas profiling but that comes uh, maybe you know people don't spend that much uh, what do you say it's a, it's an expensive thing so people do it for very right. senior very very senior uh, uh, people so uh, when you say collaborative hr first has to understand what the job requires number 2 hr has to validate the accomplishments of a person number 3 what uh, what uh, what uh, rishi said is that we uh, we also need a very strong a very strong background verification now uh, background verification from a reputed company uh, should be able to make or break the case and then uh, you need to have what do you say uh, a, you know what do you say a profiling and uh, number also one more thing that rishi said is that the nature of the organization uh, let's say nature of the organization will be like let's say you are saying sales oriented or maybe you know a manufacturing oriented company where those people in the operations have the higher uh, say uh, this say. links to the first question that we discussed does hr deserve mm-hmm. a, tab- a seat at the c suite all right so uh, here is where a good hr person or a good hr team will try to do is like they will create an influence they will try to learn and they will try to you know come at par with uh, with all the people in the organization so that their values organization uh, yeah uh, their values are valued by the organization at the end of the day uh, i think i said in one of the podcasts like it's a, in a service industry or in a in most of the industries 80% of the work is done by people man if you don't hire the right people your company is uh, uh, i'm sorry to say it's going to be screwed at the end of the day so yeah. so so that's how it is uh, i think uh, i think rishi just perfectly answered my question and even you added a few uh, no brownie points on the answer so it's perfectly uh, perfectly answered well um, uh, from my side i would just say uh, one more point goes in when the organization size matters i mean it's a smaller organization yes uh, the yes. hr is a paper pusher nonetheless Uh, sorry to say yes. but then when, yes, when yes, the yes. organization is huge you really have a lot of sh- uh, things to put on the mm-hmm. hr shoulder and that's how they get all the respect and uh, say in in recruitment and such matters so definitely. absolutely i think that's that's a very valid point i mean the size of the organization and in fact not just the size when you say oh. size i would also say at what stage of growth they are in yeah. so if you see so, a very uh, you know a uh, uh, a mature organization that is you know its processes are established and things are in place that organization you will see a very uh, as dennis rightly pointed out that collaborative aspect comes out very strongly but say in a uh, you know early stage organization which is just started up there you will find hr just doing the transactional activity whereas the rest of the things takes 
uh, more important so i think with size also uh, which is a very valid point the stage at a stage of growth the organization is at um, also plays a uh, plays a big part uh, so amit would you want to add anything uh, or do you, uh, do you have something to ask me i just uh, want to say you know the uh, the political uh, framework of a company uh, definitely um has a big uh, play uh, in the hr decision making of a person we can have uh, the company vice president coming in and saying my son wants to join the company but the company may have mm-hmm. a policy wherein uh, you know the no related parties can be a part of this uh, organization so uh, what do you do at this point of time but the vice president of the company has a greater uh, say you know uh, he can uh, make or break you as an hr person so what do you do you succumb to the uh, the influence or the political pressure that uh, that person puts you in so how do you my question would be how do you deal with this uh, this kind of issues uh, from an hr perspective where the influence uh, is greater uh, which you cannot uh, say no to you right i hope you got my answer, my question i i got your i i got your uh, question and uh, it's uh, so you know it depends upon the uh, so um, what amit asked i think it depends upon primarily on the strength of the uh, you know the hr head who's running the organization if you have a strong hr head then you can push back you can go back and tell probably the vice president that you know uh, uh, you can first do a probably do a pros and cons i mean if if um, the guy is actually required so let uh, i mean if the vice president wants somebody in what is there a business case for it mm-hmm. and yeah. if you find that, okay it is justified then you might you might uh, you know accept his request or you might say that sorry i mean there are certain things that we can't do we can't do i mean the organization doesn't allow for this so i'll just give you an example in one of the consulting firms that i was working uh, uh, you had this you had this uh, every summers every um, you know when when in the month of march april mm-hmm. uh, the partners send us resume saying that this person wants a internship in uh, you know the organization that person uh, wants a internship in the organization and it would come to us mm. so we had to decide that whether uh, we would want to give an internship to that person or not mm. now how do you say no to a partner the partner is the head of the business mm. and there are multiple such partners mm. right so the head of the hr there for made a call took a call okay. saying that there has to be a business case that the partner has to share okay. is so so if say for example is this person that you are asking to be taken on board okay. if we take that person on board how is it going to help the organization okay. is that person going to do some value add or do you expect certain business to come through that person so certain business case has to be ma- made and if you are able to if the partner is able to make a business case then we would consider but without a business case no such request would go through so i think that was the strength of that hr person there mm-hmm. who stood up and said this is what we will do and uh, not just that the ceo of the firm supported mm-hmm. that so organization top support uh, the top management support is most important in such, such scenarios otherwise uh, uh, you know you might lose face you might go say no and the partner will go and speak to the ceo and then things might get approved so here the strength of hr and of course top management support is the key i think if these two things are in place uh, you have situations where you can go and say no yeah, right 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 that, that, that's a good approach you know uh, what do you call it for an internship huh? that too right yes for an internship yes wow that's good like for most of the uh, in the companies that i have worked with if for internship anybody uh-huh. comes we just take them if somebody says my wife is coming as intern okay come have a mm-hmm. seat 
work with us. No pay. So, no pay. Ah, <laughs> uh, no pay. Yeah, because internship is no pay, right? No free. Pay. Yeah, it's free. So, uh, or, or am I taking it? Or am I taking it in the wrong way? You know, internship should be paid, and HR is not paying them. <laughs> no, no. So we had cases where partners would say that I would prefer. So this is a client that I'm working with. Uh, you know, I'm I'm dealing with Reliance. Yeah. Now Reliance, uh, I expect a multi, um, you know, multi crore deal to come through. Mm. But then the uh, you know the vice president of Reliance has wants his son to right. uh, join your organization as a trainee mm-hmm. right. for three months. Mm. It's a political you call. You can accommodate. Mm. So you yeah. have to. Be, it's a business call. Yeah. What do you do? Whether If you say no to the guy, to the vice president of that company, mm. your deal might not go through. That's mm. right. You know, so so that's so that's what you then then you decide. Right. So at that point in time, the HR has to make a strategy call. Then. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So it's a fight between ethics and it's a fight between uh, what do you say business uh, business opportunities. You know, uh, but. But I have a question to this: Is it an HR call or should it be a top management call? I think HR should not be involved in this. They should just give a recommendation, and because it's a business call, it should be done by uh, probably the CEO or uh, you know the the higher ups, maybe the board or whatever. So while you say this, you know the number of uh, if it were to go to say a board or a or maybe a committee you know uh, the kind of requests especially and i'm talking only about this particular firm that i was working with and you would the board would be doing that all day because you know there are hundreds of partners there were 600 partners and each partner oh. would uh, you know send such uh, resume so you would have uh, you know it will become a full time activity for 3 months you know so mm-hmm. hr had <laughs> to step in was that you had to send to the hr we would Uh, uh you know we would discuss you give us a business case and then uh, you know we send it to the people head they decide ultimately right. there were cases where people head would say no and then the partner would speak to the people uh, you know the people hr head and uh, decision sometimes were overruled also that also happened but uh, you know ultimately here the call was uh, you know hr hrs Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. So, uh, so one of the questions that uh, Angad uh, had asked, uh, you know, kind of, uh, even when uh, we were talking about this thing, is you know, HR uh, when it frames policies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so these are all related to policies also somehow, right? You know, HR mm-hmm. when it Correct. makes policies, you know, they blindly copy policies. from uh, from the european countries or from the west and you know mm. or from uh, a certain website i, I think in mm. india everybody refers to a certain website we all know which one it is and they just copy and paste whatever is available or they call their friend uh, you have a policy give me that they don't sometimes even change uh, certain things that needs to be changed and they just copy and paste so you know what what is your take on uh, these things you know how, you know i understand that you know kind of uh to make a policy study has to be done you know uh the organization culture has to be understood but what is your take uh, on this issue so uh it's pretty simple if you want to um, sink your organization throw it into chaos you would go ahead and copy some policy from an european company okay yeah. <laughs> you have to understand that uh, you know each organization Uh, and every uh, you know each organization is different each you know industry is different so a se- mm. set of cert- a certain set of policies that might work in a manufacturing setup in france mm. will not mm. work for a manufacturing setup in india correct so geographical yeah. differences are there cultural differences are there and if you went and copy paste something just because you are a manufacturing steel manufacturing company in india you can't go mm. ahead and copy uh marcel or mittal in uh, you know uk <laughs> you would be mm. killing yourself so you have to structure frame your policies as per the needs of your organization you know you would have you would know your organization best you know its culture best you know the people best you know the mm. values best 
so mm. each policy has to be structured specific to your company and uh, it is the recipe for disaster if you went and copied so uh, you know trust me uh, you'll be killing yourself there's nothing worse that you could do that's a, that's a cardinal sin so pretty pretty straightforward about it that's about it okay rishi uh, angad here i i wanted to just add one more point to the entire question see uh-huh. uh, what you rightly said is that yeah there is a uh, it, it is a cardinal sin if you just go copy paste uh, the policy uh-huh. because you are no longer uh, a part of an educational institution where you got your mba degree from so copy paste was you know the the norm there so actually Correct. that is not a norm in the corporate even after uh, personal uh, once he's i think the minimum learning curve uh, with with respect to the policies and you know uh, uh, how does it make an hr mature is roughly 2 to 3 years with an organization and then he sta- is ready to step into bigger roles the the real call of uh, or the need of the r is actually not just about the values of the company the existing values but sometimes hrs are supposed to bring in innovative policies um, that they believe in that they think that can actually help the company and the employees to grow in a positive way and uh, exactly. no, maybe set an example in the entire industry so the second point or uh, the second part of the question is how does an hr then make sure that the the people who are on board i mean the employees uh-huh. are on board with the policy okay so uh, I'll, i'll i'll break it down here now uh, you know first thing that you mentioned is that uh, uh, you know while you have to uh, you have to uh, uh, you know get policies that are that are innovative yes i mean as as a hr professional you are supposed to do that and that's what we do and it's called bringing in uh, you know best in class practices mm-hmm. so Perfect. you yeah. get you get best in class practices that are there in the industry but what you do is you tweak them you change them depending on the industry or the organization that you work for mm-hmm. so say for example if um, say infosys is doing a uh, is doing a, a a paternity policy just replicating that policy for your organization may not you know may not succeed so you have to tweak it depending on the size of your company what industry you are in but no harm in taking best class best in class practices so that is one the second thing is how do you ensure that you get uh, uh, employees on board i think uh, and here where is what i see many uh, hr professionals make a mistake what they do is they roll out a policy they have discussions with their bosses mm-hmm. and they roll out a policy mm. and um, they define the policy they uh, you know um, take it from friends or maybe probably create a world class policy Uh, you know they do the right thing they do the research create a world nice policy and they roll it out right and they expect that everybody will start following it that's not how it works right. you know your policy will fail what here is missing is the most important component of buy you know which we yeah. call have you taken the buy in of the people right because ultimately who's going to be impacted the people are going to be impacted so if you do not have their buy in right from the inception stage when you are you know making the policy or when you are uh, you know uh, deciding which policies to be brought in if you have not involved influencers within the organization uh, uh, and to give you an example in a company that i work for in an it firm we mm. were revamping the policies so we formed a task force mm. comprising of admin uh, you know operations different leaders and these leaders were all influencers we got these guys to a team mm-hmm. and we called the task force uh, mm-hmm. over a period of um, a month we said you're going to come and you guys are going to brainstorm and hr is going to be the uh, you know is going to be the uh, is going to be the binding factor here the hr will place the policies you guys go through the policies and you tell us do you think this makes sense right what are your thoughts so the moment you we did that we found that there was a lot lot more acceptance because right. what happens the moment you roll out such a policy your influencers are the ones who are pushing that policy to the people right. they are the ones who are advocates of your policy 
so i think buy in is the most important you get buy in of the senior management and you get buy in of your influencers your policy will go through right yeah you're you're bang on man uh, you're absolutely right you know to get a policy uh, rolling out you need to have influencers and you need to have buy in before you uh, before you go and roll it out to the entire organization because also one more thing is the info- influencers will have feedback to help you to face the questions that the entire organization is going to ask you later so so i you know kind of i have an example of this so once we were rolling out you know what do you say uh, which will also give us a what do you say head side uh, into what do you say uh, into the next question that we have which is about performance appraisal mm-hmm. now uh, uh, yeah so we were rolling out a very new performance appraisal policy uh, which is much mm-hmm. different from you know uh, the normal practices where you have uh, you know uh, a person's uh, attendance uh, you know i don't know the things that people uh, count to make sure that you know what do you say uh, this person is performing well uh, you know the, the metrics all the, the parameters the metrics yeah the metrics and the parameters correct you are right so uh, and the key performance indicators oh mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so we changed that entirely and we based it on the actual work that the people do, do. so how to right. get it out because it's it's very different like it's something that you've not done and neither have i heard of in the industry because a certain cto from the us came here and now this is about the western mm. thing also a cto from the west mm. came here read a book <laughs> and he said okay uh, he's like you know kind of need to implement this we need to implement this yeah we need to implement so now uh, so now the thing is that uh, uh once he propagated this policy he got a buy in from all the people like you know all the people this is the management first so the management read the book right. understood it and then they came down and explained it to the hr the so what we mm-hmm. did is we read the book you know uh, we understood it and we te- tweaked it according to what we needed right and now how are we going to I- put it down so as you said we created a task force uh, of influencers actually people who uh, mm-hmm. who are gonna what do you say spread the word and say that this is the right spread approach spread the word act you as know? your advocates yeah. basically yeah as your advocates so we sat down with them we explained it to them we got them into confidence and we before we made the software we made the, you know took the word out you know we tested it with them them personally not with their team them personally for one and a half two months and we built the software based on uh, their inputs because so we were a software com- it company and you know kind of uh, we were building based on what uh, you know what they were saying so in that way they all bought in and they all were you know what do you say together in this and you know it was easy for us easy for the hr uh, to make an action plan you know phase 1 this phase 2 this phase 3 this and this this is how it's going to be done so so it becomes very simple actually because once you have their buy in you already you know half your job is done and you have advocates who are pushing your policy through so right. you know life becomes much simpler for the human resources guy yeah you are right so uh, this gives us a what do you say a touch to the last question that is you know how does hr make sure that appraisal policies are performed fairly uh, by the reporting authorities of a certain resource you know what can hr do to ensure there is a transparency in the process so that the employee feels inclusive and responsible during his appraisal thereby reducing attrition rates that's uh, a yeah it's a question that angad had actually yes Yeah. I think that's a that's a that's a million dollar question, and uh, you know these this one bothers me. Uh, you know, in wherever whichever organization that I go to, and uh, and it bothers not just me, and it bothers a lot of HR professionals as to uh, how do you make the performance appraisal process, uh, you know, as as transparent and as clear as possible, so, so that uh, yeah. because at the end of the day. performance appraisal is something that is very close uh, you know salary performance appraisal these are very close to a p- employee's heart because uh, they yeah. hit they hit where it hurts you know money right yeah. if somebody does not yeah. have a good appraisal he is obviously not going to be happy about it because his bonus or his increments will be affected so uh, 
HR has mm. to get it right. There is there is very limited scope of uh, you know making errors. Now, how do you ensure appraisals? I think uh, are and appraisals are fair. Uh, mm. Constantly, uh, I think communication first of all is the key. You have to have a defined uh, your um, you know performance philosophy has to be well defined. Um, you should know what is mm-hmm. that you are aiming for, and you should be able to you should communicate it to your people. They should know that you know, this is what the company is going to do this year. So, say for example, what do I mean by performance philosophy? Uh, recently, in one of my uh, in one of one of my organizations. we made a change from uh, what was performance appraisal was happening in the past to an absolutely new method so earlier on right. say performance appraisal used to happen uh, every month of a year depending on a day of joining so say mm-hmm. for example if dennis joined in november of 2019 he is going to get appraised in november of 2020 so on and so forth so every month somebody or the other was getting appraised so we changed that we said you are going to get only appraised once a year and there will okay. be ratings you get rated between 1 to 5 5 being the highest and mm. you will be um, depending on your performance you will be rated and your increments okay. will depend on that so that was a mm-hmm. change of the performance philosophy so we communicated to every everybody we did road shows we did town halls mm-hmm. we explained to them the mm. fundamental of why we are doing it why is this required mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again the concept of buy in comes in here so once we had the people mm-hmm. understanding that okay this is required for the growth of the company mm-hmm. take trainings for your managers tell them that these are mm-hmm. things that you have to watch out for to ensure that there is no bias okay mm-hmm. and then hr is always there as a uh, you know as as a conscience keeper at the back to see whether you know the mm-hmm. process is followed or not so i think important mm-hmm. communication having a plan and then speaking mm-hmm. and constantly um, uh, you know uh, reaching out to your managers to your leaders training them about what are the mm-hmm. various uh, you know problems that might come up i if you do mm-hmm. that if hr does it you will have a more mm-hmm. or less transparent process in place that's great okay so amit uh, yeah Okay. Yeah, Amit, you have a question. Yeah, I have one question. You know, uh, sure. In the current season, you know, we are in the pan- pandemic and all these uh, issues are going on. And one <laughs> of the things that I keep uh, that I keep coming across is people being laid off from work mm-hmm. because uh, <laughs> the company don't need them anymore, or because of. Uh, uh you know the business being at a loss or whatever be the reason now mm-hmm. my question is you know what can the hr do to uh help with the mental uh health of the people in their organization now you can see that um uh you know i i just want to say recently in my where i stay there was there mm-hmm. was a person uh, who is a cfo huge a cfo of a company he's earning uh, huge money but what we see him mm-hmm. uh, what we've seen him do is he just came one day and uh, he just jumped off the building you know oh god so uh, just it just happened a week ago uh, just around my, oh my uh, yeah area so uh, this it could be n number of reasons maybe some stress in his company or uh, maybe he being laid off or whatever so mental health is something that is very essential at this point of time what can the hr help with uh, in the employees either the people who are working or the people who are laid off to work with them to uh, help them uh, through this situation very um, you know very uh, good question there amit and i think Valid. our uh, you know this is where the um, this, this pandemic has actually shown us uh, the need for uh, hr professionals and uh, not just hr professionals people who are at the management uh, you know cadre people to be empathetic empathetic sorry uh, empathetic right. and uh, you know give out 
you know to listen to people because at the end of the day we know that business is has taken a hit can we have can we retain all the people we cannot you know in the reality of life is that we will have to let some people go but how we do it how how uh, you know you would you do it with empathy and you put yourself in the other person's shoes uh, you know you don't do it just as a process that okay 30 people have to be let go and okay here are your here are your severance checks and sorry you move out do it with empathy mm-hmm. pain you know understand what are they going through their financial challenges there are there are times and everybody is a professional please understand that guy also knows that you will not be able to do much you are also at the end of the day an employee mm. but what makes a difference is mm. you spend extra 10 minutes more and listen to his pain at least he will mm. know that okay fair enough the hr listen to my pain he listen that i'm i will have emis i have you know my child's school fees to pay or my parent is sick and he gave me a mm-hmm. patient hearing which is very very important mm-hmm. at this point in time so my mm-hmm. plea to hr professionals would be uh, do not time these conversations don't do it when you have to rush right. for meeting and um, you know you are having a conversation about a layoff take time mm-hmm. to see that person to understand him to you know to share his um, you know to share his uh, troubles and sorrows uh that right. will you know he will he will he will burst out he will vent forth but it will help him you know it will be kind of an ease for him and secondly help him uh, with uh, you know whatever policies that you can maybe see if you can give him a 3 month notice if your company allows for it you know 3 month notice pay or like company some companies are doing they are giving one year of uh, you know mediclaim uh, packages um say to the end of the year you will have mediclaim packages you will have the mediclaim benefits right so stuff like that if your right. company is doing do those things but bottom line is be empathetic listen you know right. they are crying out for help right. you can't do much but listen right you are you you are actually uh, you are on point uh, with with the part that you know the hrs need to listen and the hr needs to be empathetic and uh, what do you say uh, give some benefits uh, to them or keep some of the benefits that they have for uh, a longer period of time uh, till everything normalizes a couple of things that i want to add add to it is that you know when people are being laid off uh, or if people are going through trouble times uh, yeah, generally there are there are things that hr can do number 1 is that you know uh, the last podcast we discussed about financial well being that is something that the hr needs to start as a program number 2 uh, i was trying to get in touch with kaha mind you know it is a it is a uh, it is an organization that takes care of the psychological needs of the uh, of, of people of now people, yes. uh, uh, what do you, yeah so you know uh, uh you know they are so busy they said you know uh in our mm. trying to get in touch with them to do a podcast actually so they said they are interested but you know they have no time at this point in time like people are in distress so one thing that you know that means there are organizations or people reaching out to them in heavy numbers one thing that the hr could do is you know if you could just arrange a uh, arrange and uh, identify people who require special need and arrange a conversation with them and a psychologist you know it would help number 3 as a person you know when a certain industry is going down there are other industries booming at the other end also okay yeah so uh, so uh, so what we could do is we could actually refer people to uh, you know uh, different organizations and in that way we could uh, we, we could help the employee uh, you know uh, employee to you know what do you say uh, get through this tougher phase you know these are some things that right. the hr needs to take up and have uh, and do uh, and uh, and do and uh, have the initiative for this you know dennis you know? Uh, so, yeah this is yeah. this is with relation to employees that have been laid off now um, employees right. that are still that still remain or probably has uh, uh, who has not faced uh the situation of layoff they still are seeing people being thrown out and they are being uh, mm-hmm. affected uh, mentally mm-hmm. now uh, can there mm-hmm. be uh, are there any training programs are there any 
uh as i said you can you can involve psychologists you can give benefits you can give a lot gam a lot of things to the employees right to equip them to assure right. the employees who are staying as well that they are okay right. they are safe they are uh that 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 the company is with them through this crisis can there be uh, are there any techniques techniques that they can adopt uh in this uh, situation for the existing employees as well yeah these are uh, you know what do you say uh, one of the thing is assuring them uh, one of the thing that hr can do uh, that i can think of right now is uh, number one you know hr should always always have optimization of resources now uh, we were talking about having unnecessary positions in the organization so if you have unnecessary uh, uh, positions that needs to be a, you know what is say eliminated right from the beginning you know uh, and number 2 right now if you already have this situation where there are people who are facing uh, uh, you know issues and uh, so what they need to do is you know kind of get in touch with a psychologist you know get do a town hall you know uh, talk to the people like uh, training programs may not really help training programs when you are saying is like you going to train somebody to do something but a program wherein the hr identifies certain number of people and says okay you guys are safe uh you guys are not going to move you are a core function of the business and uh, we may take a hit sometime maybe we have a reduced salary for some time but we going to come back when the covid-19 goes away right so that kind of assurance needs to be uh given to the employees from the hr side or from the management side uh to the employee itself and in that way the employee will be rest assured that okay even if something's going to happen i'm going to be safe and to the other people also a clear indication needs to be given see this is what is going to happen we are not sure about this you know uh you know so we're going to help you out in a certain way yes uh you know but you know till uh, if nothing goes wrong of course you are a valuable employee of our company so you need to you know kind of uh, you know you may be probably employed back or i'm going to refer you to a certain organization or i'm going to refer you to a certain counselor for a certain time i'm going to give you a health insurance for a certain period of time you know all these activities are something that you know what do you say that the hr uh, uh, needs to do but uh, also one more thing when layoffs and stuff like that is happening hr uh, hr needs to mitigate it understand it do a proper study of it and just not do a random uh, uh, you know kind of a random uh, decision making that's right that's right i i absolutely agree and as rishi said empathy is the way to go right at this situation they they can't just be uh, robotic right. in their conversation as they have been prior to covid-19 right you know right uh, the uh, australian government mm-hmm. has done something that is very unique at this point of time right they allowed companies mm-hmm. uh, to uh, not to uh, fire the employees mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. they have asked they have given an option mm-hmm. instead of giving terminations mm-hmm. give uh, an option to step down okay uh, from work mm-hmm. so basically what they are saying is the employee is not terminated they stepped down mm-hmm. uh, so they don't have to pay taxes they don't have to pay a lot a huge amount of benefits yeah. during this point of time they are they are enrolled in the register of the company mm-hmm. they put in the hr pool of the company but uh, at the same time uh, you know uh, they have they are also uh, receiving benefits they are and they are not terminated as such right so the word termination is actually uh, put off from the dictionary of the companies over there they call it step down and i think it's a more um, softer way of telling the people you know we are not going to hire anybody new from the market if if, if our business bounces back mm. you are the first person we are going to call right. it should be the way to go you know to give assurances right uh yeah that that that's a that's a very good approach by the australian government and kudos to them and kudos to their policies uh, it's going to help help people in the long run with this i think we've uh, come to the close of the podcast 
uh angad and amit you want to have any closing words no as um, as as to what we've spoken i think it's very important uh the function of hr in a company and uh, i believe that uh, the hr has a more prominent role to play in the times to come as that as the times change uh the hr should adopt more empathetic approaches and uh should involve more uh, reasonable and optimized systems in place to uh, handle the situations that they come across so uh i leave the hr uh you know with a huge responsibility and accountability to ensure that the functions of their company uh performs uh in a satisfactory manner and to be probably a ceo of a company in the times to come right all right so uh that that's motivating words of course there are companies uh, who have hr in the c suite table uh i would like to say that you know the hr uh, is a strategic partner he's an employee advocate uh the hr administrative expert so anyways uh, angad <laughs> angad what are, what are your closing thoughts then i would go ahead and close it yeah close so it. actually uh, i think rishi uh, was spot on with most of the most of the uh, questions that i asked for the, the answers were uh, really convincing to my mind uh, at the same time uh, the point that uh, amit put up uh that the hrs have to be more empathetic in these trying times i mean uh, nobody knows for sure but i think this entire 2020 has gone to the dogs so you know this mm-hmm. is as bad for any employee not not just talking about hr as a redeem you know uh, a redeeming savior kind of a, of a of a figure in this kind of a situation but then uh, being the hr uh, their role to be empathetic uh, with the Uh, with the employees that are uh, going to face tough times ahead uh, will certainly uh, mm-hmm. you know change uh, their the outlook that people have towards hr because sometimes very very often actually mm-hmm. not just sometimes hr are the people who have to bear brunt for the management's decisions and they are uh, no they right. they are one they are the people who are standing in front of the firing squad so no that's that's right. one thing you know uh, that's that's going to be outshining uh, to many employees in in these times where the hrs are trying to be empathetic are trying to understand and you know uh, help out these employees uh, in these times so these these two points really touch my heart hey dennis thank you for having me on the show and it was lovely talking to you and thank you anger than amit for those insights great to be on the show and wish you all the best thanks again bye bye everyone so uh with this i would like to close and uh, i thank you amit and i thank you uh angad i thank you rishi for joining us together so thank you all for listening to the podcast we've grown from 0 to 400 plus plays on uh, on spotify and uh, it's um, it's it's really an amazing journey that we have had till this fifth episode and uh, yeah, the conversation with amit angad and rishi have been really you know kind of uh, intrusive in in certain areas of hr and uh, really opened up a lot of different topics and uh, very insightful you know with regards to uh, the covid-19 response you know uh, you know kind of uh, you know fear worry and stress are a normal responses uh, of people when uh, because of perceived real threats and at times when we are faced with uncertainty or unknown it is normal and understandable that people are experiencing this kind of fear especially during this covid-19 pandemic and uh, you know as leaders what we could do is proactively encourage uh the staff uh you know engage them in you know positive self care strategies create an environment uh, of collective care between teams you know uh, lead by example you know model a healthy lifestyle you know and uh, healthy work behaviors 
you know not working overtime be kind to others you know uh, prepare them for providing uh, regular trainings on covid-19 responses and uh, uh, provide accurate up to date and easy easy to understand information on staying safe during covid-19 pandemic uh, have regular meetings to discuss challenges and concerns and solutions uh, ensure that they have regular breaks they connect with their friends and families implement a body system encourage peer support you know uh, provide information to all staff and volunteers on anonymous mental health counselings be be aware of staffs who are in vulnerable or marginalized situations who may require additional support uh, operate an open door policy for staff uh, so that they could report their problems work uh, to proactively address conflicts you know uh, reduce the level of stress and emphasize the importance of supportive team environment model kindness compassion towards oneself and others in the team and uh, as rishi rightly pointed out em uh, what do you say empathize empathize and uh, speak to people uh don't rush a conversation take your time listen to people and talk back to people also uh you know thoughtfully so these are things that uh, as leaders we could do uh and uh, we could implement in our workplaces and in our uh, areas of work um with this uh, also to conclude the entire conversation on um the hr scheme of things uh you know sometimes what looks like collaboration is merely subliminating egos not actually working together Rick Rubin and uh this is what uh you know creates a disharmony you know if you want a proper beethoven music to play in your organization create a very good work environment and uh as hrs and leaders uh what do you say influence it further and uh help help leaders who are uh implementing these kind of strategies in influence your teams um with it that's all and uh, stay tuned for the next uh session thank you